Hello, it's Penny here, and if this is your first time listening, I can tell you that this episode of Health Speak is a little different to our norm. Rather than looking at just one person's job in health, we're going to hear about a whole heap of health people who work together. So nurses, personal carers, physios, speech pathologists, pharmacists, admin, finance, cooks, hairdressers. I caught up with Jackie and her job. I would actually say that I'm a conductor. I just conduct what goes on in our organisation. And I have great staff who are actually doing all of the doing. And my role is to kind of orchestrate and conduct what goes on on a, on a day-to-day basis. And, and for every day, that's completely different. Jackie is the CEO of an aged care provider, Masonic Care Tasmania. They do all sorts of stuff from helping people in their own homes, they also run retirement villages, and they also do full-time residential services in aged care homes. Now, what comes to mind for you when I say that? I think people think they're smelly places where people sit around the walls in high back chairs and look at each other. And it's so far from that. Um, um, Residents have their own rooms and they can bring uh, their own personal things into their rooms. Often they bring lots of stuff into their rooms. But we really work hard with the residents to say, well, what is it that makes life joyful for you? And so that's where our lifestyle team come in. They do some of the most amazing things. In in a facility I used to work at, the lifestyle team brought like three tonne of sand in and created a day at the beach. Now, I was a bit anxious about that, but... (laughs) But they did fish and chips and, you know, they, they do all sorts of things that take people out fishing, our community staff as well. Actually, it's probably important to say that this is not just about residential aged care because we do great community services too. And our community staff do some of the most amazing things um, to get people out of their homes. Our, our guys think outside the square as to how how can we actually make that a joyful experience for you? How can we make going out shopping fun or how can we even make spending time in your home with you? Um, you know, fun. In your experience, what leads people who are already working in health to want to come and work with older people in our community in an, in an aged care facility? Yeah, it's really it's a really interesting question. Um, I think it's people that really care about people, actually. And often um, I find nurses in particular have had somebody in their life, so their nana or somebody like that that's been sick and has and has ended up in an aged care facility. And they actually realise that they're not what they thought they were. And actually what we do is not what they thought we did. Um, and so particularly with nurses and um, professional staff like physios, etc., I find that that's sometimes the case. But also I think younger and younger people are actually realizing that you can really make a difference you know sometimes in in health and I'm a nurse by profession you get caught up in the acute sector and it's all very very busy and it's busy in aged care too don't get me wrong but people actually feel like you can make a difference on a daily basis you can really have an impact on people's on people's life and the joy that you can get from You know, talking to people about what are they like? What do they want to do? What did they used to do when they were younger? And we learn the most amazing things about our older people. They tell us some of the most interesting and, you know, life-changing stories. 
Are there any that spring to mind for you? Well, yeah, there is. Actually, um, in one of our facilities last year, we we actually um, had the TAFE students in and they came and they recorded the stories of individual residents. And then they beautifully put all of those stories into a movie. And we went and watched it. It was an hour and 20 minutes long. And I cried from the beginning to the end. And there was one story in particular that w- really was powerful for me. There was a lady who talked about when she was in the Blitz in London as a child. She told us about how they taped all the windows up and and then when the bombs went off, as they in, in, invariably they did, and, and sometimes very close to their homes, the windows shattered in even though they were all taped up. And because it was the, the Blitz and they had to keep a blackout, they lay there all night in the pitch black with glass laying all over them. And, you know, just talking to older people, I wouldn't have known that unless she told that story. So it really encourages us to actually talk to older people, listen to their story, listen to their life experiences, which are often, as I said, you know, pretty life-changing for us when you sit and think, I think I'm having a hard day, actually. (laughs) No, you're not. What else do we get wrong? I mean, I'm just thinking about these services that you run in the community or that idea of transitioning someone into a residential facility. I guess one thing that will go in people's head is, oh, sounds expensive. Mm. Uh, is, it, is it? Look, it varies um, because we're partially government funded. Uh, and in, for, in fact, for some residents, we're nearly fully government funded. So you can come into a residential aged care facility without paying any lump sum. And I think that's a thing that people always think about. You need lots of money. Well, actually, you will get means tested. And if you have the means, you will be expected to pay some money towards your care. What happens is that the government actually provide us a fee for your care based on your need. So can you wash yourself? Can you feed yourself? Can you care for yourself? All of those things. And if you have no means to do that the government pay for your care. There is a daily basic fee, which everybody pays. But if you're means tested that you actually can't afford to pay that out of your pocket, then that will come out of your pension. And you will not be expected, unless you want a perm every week, and you'll pay for your hair just like we do, but you would not be expected to pay over and above that. So I think that's a myth that people think that you do need lots of money. Clearly, if you are able to pay and you're means tested to say that you can, then the government will actually tell us how much you are expected to pay. And then we will tell you. How about community services? How does that differ? So community services. So you will also um, get assessed as based on your need. And there's four levels of care in the community. So level one being the lowest care and level four being the highest. And you will get a community, a home care package, it's called. Um, So you'll get assessed as to what level that you are entitled to based on your need. Now, if you want over and above that, then you will need to pay towards that care. But if you if you get, say, a level assessed for a level four, which is the highest package, then your care up to the top of that package limit will be paid for. I have to just put a little caveat on this, though. There is a wait for home care packages. So at the moment, across the whole of Australia, there's over 100,000 people waiting for home care packages. So that's a really, that's a really big issue in aged care at the moment. There is not enough funding for home care packages. The government have just released some more um, uh, and they, you know, constantly kind of do that. But there is a wait for home care packages. 
Just with that in mind, if there are a lot of people wanting home care packages and staying in their home longer, when are people making decisions about getting extra help or thinking about moving out of their own home? And what's what's happening these days? Yeah, too late, actually. So often, particularly into residential aged care, it's it's a decision when things have started to go wrong. Generally, when people go into hospital, if they've had a fall or something like that. And so it's all very urgent. It's all very sudden for people to try and process. But what I would encourage people to do, particularly at home, and and we do get a lot of resistance from people. I was just actually talking to a colleague about his parents and said, look, you know, perhaps we can help, perhaps we can actually look at putting some home care in. And he said, oh, they won't accept it. You know, it's actually trying to get people to realise that it's okay to ask for help. Why don't people want help, in your experience, working in the industry? pride um I can manage it's also an admission of actually I can't I can't manage um and it's actually just acknowledging it's okay it's not saying you can't do everything it's saying actually you're really struggling to do the housework or to actually hang the washing up because you can't reach up so it's it's okay to ask because there are packages available here at the moment so I mean there is a wait list for for bigger packages usually level four packages but there is help out there and it's available just ask. The idea that people might not think about residential care until there's been a big accident and then it's sudden does that mean you've got a lot of sick people that are are living in care? Yeah we do. Years ago um, residential aged care used to have what was called low care and high care and so people used to come in who were pretty fit you know people would park their car outside the front door and they would go out for Sunday lunch and you know they'd go to the cinema and those kind of things but what's happened is that shift people are staying at home longer Um, and so when they come into us they're generally frailer um, they're generally sicker um, they have more acute illnesses Um, so yeah it used to be that people would stay on average about three years with us and over time that's dwindled and dwindled and now the average length of stay is about eight months. I'm going to ask the obvious question here it's eight months because they're dying? It's eight months because they're frail and I wouldn't say they're dying you know they're frail and they need some they need help. Inevitably the majority of people who do come into aged care with us in residential do pass away um but uh, so but we're really equipped to do palliative care really really well and actually sometimes now we get people you know in the very last stages of their life um and it's a huge privilege to nurse somebody or care for somebody right up until the end of their life to try and do that in a dignified and loving way at the start of the interview jackie you said that your job is like a conductor if you get all those moving bits in the orchestra working Is it a pretty beautiful song that you end up playing? It is a very beautiful song that we end up playing together. If you want to learn more about the music that they can make, just to keep that analogy going, have a look for yourself because it might be different to what you expect. There are plenty of different providers right around the country and the myagedcare.gov.au website has a function where you can put in what sort of care you're after, where you live and then the contact details of all the available providers will come up. Just look for the Find a Provider tab up the top. This project was funded by the Healthy Tasmania Community Innovation Grants through the Tasmanian Government.